You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So it's our post-Halloween show. Last week we um, mentioned Halloween would occur, and it occurred last night, and what happened? You mean we predicted it and then it happened? Yeah. That is amazing. Wow. Wow. I didn't know we were that powerful. What happened? What we, we watched a Halloween the movie. The planet? I don't know. But in this house, we had trick-or-treaters. Not very many. And yeah, we watched uh movie. That's what we were just talking about. What was the, uh, what trick-or-treaters did we have? We had a... Well, we had so few. Literally about 18, maybe 20. It was cold, though. I don't think that matters. I remember trick-or-treating in my youth when you were, like, desperate not to put your coat on over your costume. So Maybe you things just... have changed. Well, you know, in our town before, like, for the whole week, there's been go to the mall, go uptown, do the thing uptown. Right. There's neighborhoods, there's churches, there's schools who have, like, thing. Um, there's whole strips of businesses that say, hey, like, on Tuesday we're going to do our trick-or-treating, so wear your costume and get 10% off or something. So, and our street, when you think about it, our street is pretty dark. Yeah. If you're driving past the main street and look down our street, we don't, there's, we're in a big subdivision. Yeah, there are no, no street lights no. except on the main road. So if I was a parent with three or four little children and it's, we all have our own post lamps and stuff, but it's, it would seem like, yeah, let's, and you know. Hmm. But we had a few, and there we were the cl- standards. We saw a clone trooper. Clone trooper, some pirates, uh, someone in a fat suit, which you found. I couldn't tell like what Like an was inflatable exactly. suit. It was all inflatable. It was very round. I don't know if it was Homer Simpson or what it was. Maybe it was South Park. Um... Cartman? Yeah. I think so, but I don't know. And a um, few, no witches. Not one single witch. As and some zombies. To like a pirate, little pirate girl with some zombie makeup on. I think that was her zombie pirate, which was a good combination, really. I guess that would be from Pirates of the Caribbean. They were yeah. zombie pirates. And um, there was one Transformer. But Ooh. as you said, there were no Elsas. Yeah, the thing... The- there was no more... I mean, like I said, there's only a few. But even looking at pictures of my friends and their children and kind of exponentially growth, you get lots of Halloween pictures. I saw zero Elsas, except for one grown woman dressed as Elsa from Frozen. I saw quite a lot of Star Wars ones on my mm-hmm. Facebook feed. So, Star Wars hmm. is... Let me think why. No, not from Star Wars. I mean, from people who I know. I know. And most of the people you know are kind of geeky, nerdy people who love Star Wars. So, their children are going to have to inherit that somehow. True. Now, I saw the one, what I said was like, aren't you one of those desert things from Jawa. Star Wars? Right? Because he was at a hood and the the shape was exactly and that and eyes. the red eyes lit up from behind the screen he said no like that and i'm like oh okay and i'm putting the thing in his bag and he goes i'm a i'm an unknown phantom <laughs> <laughs> so either the package said unknown phantom yeah like it was one of those chinese just, yeah, knockoffs but they just couldn't sell it as a Jawa. <laughs> or his mom had it he hates star wars he's like no 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 it's a unknown phantom that's what you are yeah yeah, it's probably this. And the do you want to tell what we gave as our treats? Because you're opposed to contributing to bad teeth. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I looked in their bags, even though we didn't have a lot, they all had a lot of candy. So they've been around. I mean, yeah. every kid was like loaded with candy. So we don't give candy. We are those people. 
We just give a bag with some with pencils a, and a pad, <laughs> like um, like fun stuff though, like yeah. uh, Halloween pencils and erasers that are in the thing. shape of Frankenstein. Exactly. Now yeah. me as a kid. I would like. Well, I've always been obsessed. This is is how I think about that. You open your bag when you get home, your Halloween bag. If you're a little kid, you've you've had enough candy to feel. Okay, that sentence right there. You do not remember what it was like to be a child. You never never have enough. We never did Halloween. Well, what I'm saying is, yeah, you no. I'm just telling you that's a fallacy because when you dump out your Halloween candy and you look at it, could be two feet high, and you're gonna your shoulders are gonna slump and go, oh, is that a hole? And you're just gonna eat it all. There is no enough. There's right. no too much. All right, then. So when you're <laughs> eating your candy, if so there's something in different in there, like a like the pet, the a toy pattern, or something, then that's fun because you can eat the candy and do that. I thought when I was shopping because I did wait to the last minute that um, next year I would plan a little bit ahead and raise my budget and like a little toy since we don't have that many. 20 or 30 little like toys. A little car or something. Yeah, something a little more interesting than a car, but, you know, something that's actually, like, when you're sitting there gorging yourself on your candy, you actually can play with it. So, that's, uh, so yeah, we're those people. I was going to say, <laughs> why is your computer so loud, but it's somebody with a leaf blower outside? Correct. <laughs> it sounds like a loud PC. Um, okay, so, yeah, Halloween. So, that's Halloween. And we actually watched Grindhouse, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, the, gr- the whole Grindhouse thing. Which was really cool because I've not seen it for a few years. Yeah. I always loved it and I still loved it. It was really fun. We'll talk about it later. In the podcast. No. We're not, that's it. Right? Well, I'm going to say I like Planet Terror a lot more than I like Death Proof. I just I, don't like it. I think it's obnoxious and pretentious and up his own ass. Every single second almost. I like both Except of them. some of this. I know you do, but that doesn't make it good. And just because I don't, I don't dislike it. But every second that those women are talking, I'm like, oh, fuck Quentin Tarantino. He thinks this is cool, and he wants those people to think they're cool. I watched an hour-long interview with him last night about Grindhouse. He did, you know, an hour-long thing where he sits on a stage and they ask him about it. And he, where, like, Robert Rodriguez based Planet Terror on, like, those old 50s schlocky horror movies. Um, And soap operas, because when you watch... Brolin and what's her name? Heather. Yeah, that's kind of. They're very. Yeah. It's, I love it because it's like cheap American soap opera acting, which I loved. And the whereas the Death Proof movie was based on a, a, a few genres. He said one was obviously Vanishing Point car chase movie, but the beginning part with the it was based on like French um, cinema from the early sixties. Like it, it, the way it was filmed, like and the way they the dialogue between them is. Um, who did he mention? What's he called? Godot. Jean Godot. Breathless, that guy. Mm. He mentioned him. It's to do with French. Yeah, he can say that all he wants, but then he applies his own thing to it, which is trying to make people sound and look and feel like they're cooler than they are. And actually, in Pulp Fiction, they talk just like those people in Death Proof. But in Pulp Fiction, for some reason, it feels a bit different. I, I, I agree that... And it's not just because they're women. I have no problem with women expressing themselves in ways that are counter to what men think they should. But what he's not doing that. He's making them express themselves the way that men want to express themselves in this sort of cool, which is, flappy, Which is part of that way. grindhouse Men don't thing, even do that. Right. But Quentin wants men to be that way. So then he applies that to him. So on, on top of that, you've got like this bullshit bullshit. If you let... Women have those long kind of discussions and, you know, big dialogue scenes with women who, like, if when my friends and I get together, 
we are just naturally cool. <laughs> we don't have to force it. And the conversation is way different than when I'm with a man or listening to men talk. And it is actually genuine and interesting. Not just because it's us. I'm saying, like, any group of women. If you really shed all the shit, you know, and then you're just talking like people. But he just is so distracting to me. And I don't particularly like any of those actresses or actors, performers. Actually, the funny, of that. the funny thing is... Not because of them, but because of that dialogue and the way they try to deliver it. I think the funny thing is um, that Zoe Bell, who's not an actress, and they're all actresses, and Zoe Bell is the stunt woman, but she's acting. Her performance is way more natural than any of them is. I disagree. I think she sounds like she's just talking to her friends, whereas they sound like they're faking. Uh, I felt like she was really nervous and that she was really pushing it and that she had to do it multiple times to feel relaxed and it was really forced. But, um. You wanted her to be all relaxed and shit because she's like the stunt woman. My favorite part of the whole thing is where she goes ape shit with that pipe. (laughs) Where she just like. (laughs) That seemed real. Yeah, that seemed more real. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, Grindhouse. It's. I, Planet I Terror know. I just like, because it's gritty and, and I like the concept weird. of the whole double feature, kind of schlocky kind of movie stuck together. I just like that whole thing. I would like to see another one done, but not just yeah. cheap. I don't want to, I don't want just some cheap video company to make one. I want them don't to. Don't be a snob. Make. You never know what you're going to find. I watched some good movies. Well, I can sit and watch Grindhouse movies as much as I want. There's billions of them out there, right? Right. I watched some really cheap horror movies last month, because it's now November 1st, and I found some really, really good ones that were, will never be on anyone's radar, ever, that are obviously not big budget, not famous people, and it's yet really compelling and really good. So don't be a snob. So that's Halloween. <laughs> uh, so it is Saturday, November the 1st. H- happy November. Thank you, because it's a very important month in this house. True. Let the celebration On begin. Bonfire night? No, let the celebration Remember, begin. remember, the yeah, 5th of November. Yeah, I love that celebration. It's so ridiculous. I don't mean to be disrespectful to your whole country's view of it, but oh my god. It's not ridiculous. It's a British cornerstone. <laughs> you mean the cornerstone brainwashing you into just being compliant little citizens of your government? Yeah, I know what you're saying. So remember, remember the 5th of November. And on November the 5th, you should watch V for Vendetta if you want to understand what Bonfire Night is all you about. You should watch it. You haven't watched it for I years. I will watch it, yeah. I reckon. We should watch We're it. We're forgetting the most important day of the month, but that will come next week when I we have do forgot. this podcast. I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right, so it is Saturday, November the 1st. This is after the show number 349. I got the number wrong last week. I mm-hmm. said it was 347, but it was actually 348, and this is 349. Do you think people are paying attention to that? Yes, somebody probably is. <laughs> and the movie we're looking at this week, because we are a podcast that reviews movies, is Maleficent. Maleficent. We're not just here to have a conversation and then record it and upload yeah. it. It's a 2014 movie. It's released uh, this upcoming Tuesday, the 4th of... November, you can pick it up then. It's rated PG, and it's from our friends at Disney. PG-13, I believe, actually. I don't want to say it's PG. What do you think? Uh. No, just PG. It says PG for sequences I think of... Disney might have paid for that rating, because there's some violence Yeah, in I there. was personally thinking that it was kind of dark for a Disney movie, but... Well, come we'll on. Every Disney movie's dark. So, yeah, it's from our friends at Disney. Sid, so what's the synopsis of Maleficent? Really? Yes. Do, does anyone listening not know? <laughs> uh, let me sum it up with two words. Maybe they don't Sleeping. Know. Beauty. True. Let me add one little, in parentheses, the, the 
the they call her an evil queen or witch. What is queen. she called in there? Queen. Really? Yeah. Mm. I don't. I didn't ever refer to her as witch. Yeah. Uh, with her story. Really, I mean that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the evil lady's story behind the story of Sleeping. I was gonna. It's, it is what this is to Sleeping Beauty is what the live action Hundred and One Dalmatians is to the animated one because the live action one focused on Cruella Deville like it was around her. No, I disagree with you because it didn't make you sympathize with Cruella Deville at all. Yeah, but it was her. It, they focused more on her than they did the Dalmatians. Mm, I disagree. But, but she's still horrible. It yeah, I know, but it, but it was revolving around her. Like it, right, but let's just say this. That told the story of Hundred Dalmatians as we know it. It didn't alter it or change it or give us her backstory in any way. And it had movie stuff added. But this is absolutely like going behind the magic mirror. I mean, this is not Sleeping Beauty. No, it's not just the story. It's That's just... what I'm saying. Hundred One Dalmatians is just what it is. But a live action. So um, Maleficent's a live action Sleeping Beauty movie. About the evil lady and why she's evil. If you believe in evil. (laughs) Why is she so pissed off? Let's say that. Yeah. And this is the first thing I thought watching this movie is how, like, Disney have really had some good ideas recently. Like, um, I know you didn't love Oz the Great and Powerful, Mm -hmm. but I really like that one too. And that one kind of sits with this one a little bit to me. Like, they're a similar type of movie. Um, but they've had some really, uh, you know, and Frozen, and they've just recently everything they've done I've kind of liked. And I didn't know what to think about this. Cause, you know, I've obviously seen Sleeping Beauty. Everybody has. Um, but it was a complete surprise. I hadn't really paid attention. You said that about the trailer. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really paid attention to the trailer. Of I was just expecting it to be Sleeping Beauty, but told live action wise. And that's not what it is at all. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know. At the beginning, when it shows you the world and everything, I was like, wow, I didn't even expect this. This is all bigger right. and, uh, you know, more elaborate than I thought it was going to be. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Um, and the other thing was, I feel that it's quite scary and dark. Um, and if you have got little kids, I think it would be scary for them. <laughs> Like little kids. But how how is the cartoon not scary? Because she's exactly the same. She's pretty scary. But in this, there's scary parts, I think. I think you're sensitive. No, I'm, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking I was scared of them. I was just thinking of them. You're from thinking the, if you were a boy, you would be scared of them. A little girl, I was thinking, would be pretty scared of some of this. Not necessarily. Unless they're a real wide-eyed kid who's, like, never not scared of anything. I don't think you have to be one or the other. I think that, like, the witch from Wizard of Oz when I was little only just made me, like... <gasps> but like, some kids would have been absolutely forward. terrified Right, I'm that. saying, but not every little girl's going to be afraid of something dark and creepy. Because you're telling the story, you're getting to understand her, and then by the time she goes dark, you, you even a child will understand... I like Just how they, on some level. I also like how they added some humor to the her having fun with being bad. That there were some of my favorite moments where she was like doing some stuff in the house, and then she was, yeah. you know, it's funny. It's just like like she's reveling in it, which is always what I found from the. You know, she's got more of a 
I was gonna, this is, uh, cliched to say, but like the original Maleficent, she was like two dimensional. Literally. <laughs> ah. But you She's... didn't really get into her fully. Whereas this girl, because you know her, because they do show you the whole, mm-hmm. like, progress from her being a baby to being. No, just a girl. Does it start with her? Yeah, it starts with her as a girl and then, you know, goes into her being a woman. So you, you actually know her by the time she gets to be the evil Maleficent. Whereas in the cartoon, she, it's not like that. Exactly. So yeah, I really liked that you knew her a bit. I mean, that's, that's the whole idea. Special effects were really good, I thought, in this movie. Yeah, sometimes that back that blue screen behind her flying was really shitty. I mean, let's be honest. It was very 15, 20 years ago. And I don't usually think that, but it was very obvious. Well, it was really, like, almost like Superman-y at times. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I liked the fairies. I thought they were really cool looking. Yeah, but I'm talking about when she's flying in the beginning. It's all very... Just detached. But it was, like, stylized. It was supposed to look like it looked. Uh, I don't know about that. It reminded me a bit of the wingman in Flash Garden. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But so that's not the way... It wasn't better, though. Yeah, you couldn't see the, the strings like you can in no, Flash Garden. No, I'm saying, like, the background was just... And the way she was not in the right contrast against the back and so and as the girl. I personally didn't have a problem with the special effect. I actually thought, like, the creation of that world at the beginning, the actual, because it's too, you know... The magic the, world and regular world. Yeah. It was really, really awesome looking. Like, it, um, I, I, I was thinking of Avatar at first and then realized that the director of this actually worked on the special effects for Avatar and also Oz the Great and Powerful, which also was Avatar looking. Just really lush, like, interesting colors and... The creatures of that world were cool too. Like they were, you know, like trees were warriors. The trees and, looked cool. Some of yeah. the other characters looked more like they needed to be in a animated movie than in real life movie. Like so, those little cute yeah. kind of frog yeah. kind of things. Yeah. So some things it wasn't mixed quite. I mean, yes, it's a magical world. I get that, but the trees things looked awesome, and the thing that came about the ground all looked like actual gritty reality, but kind of in a weird magical way. Though a lot of those characters were almost literally just animation stuck on at times, like a little I was at, bit. And I was actually really surprised at the beginning. But it was magical when they when the king came, his all the troops came, and then she came with the creatures. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, this is a Disney movie. This won't be like a gritty <laughs> kind of battle thing." And it was a gritty battle thing. I was reminded of Lord of the Rings, and you know, it's not like people shoving swords through each other's heads. Don't There's get no me blood. wrong, but. It was a proper battle, a proper looking battle with magic, and it looked really cool. The, the camera kept flying over the top of it. Reminded me a bit of a Narnia, you know? Um, but yeah, it's it's enjoyable start to finish. The, the I don't want to spoil the story, but ha- where it goes for me was like, oh, that is really a clever idea. You mm-hmm. know, they've really... It, it struck me as somebody loves this and wanted to do it justice. You know, Angelina Jolie obviously does. You can tell from the... I just watched a couple of interviews with her. It's like a beloved thing for her. It's not that somebody loves Sleeping Beauty. It's that somebody wrote it in a way that made people love that new idea. Yeah, but I mean, she had a connection to it anyway. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be involved in it, and she's an executive producer, and she made some demands, what I just read, about the story and everything that... Wouldn't have happened if if she wasn't in charge of it. Like it, the the they would have done something different. So it all, better makeup. 
yeah, they wanted her to be less menacing and more pretty. And she said that, why? Because they kind of make her look like a heroine woman. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but it's so cool. It is cool. I just couldn't and stop it's very, it's very yeah. believable. Like, it's just that she looks And it's little... such, even, even in the movie, like they do in the cartoon, when they just show her in silhouette. Yep, yep. And you understand completely, but like... Like the silhouette of us enough just to menace you up. So, yeah, and you you know you don't just see her in silhouette. You see everything about her, and you see some, you see her wings, and you know it's it's pretty cool stuff. Um, I wonder why they drew her that way originally, just to make her look more evil with the horns, like, like why back in the thirties or whenever it was made or fifties. Do you think it was about casting that silhouette? Because you do see that a lot in the cartoon, the silhouette going down the hall. But I mean, someone drew her. They probably had different ideas and then drew her. Kind of looks like the devil if you just right, look at the... Right, to make her seem really evil. So you always hate her. And uh, I just read that Angelina Jolie insisted at the end of this movie that she takes those horns and she's got <laughs> them at home. Because she well, yeah. wanted to keep them. Um, so what did you think overall? Did you like... Uh... I enjoyed it very much. This doesn't make it perfect. I don't have the mind of you that when I like something... No, I don't something... think it's perfect. I mean, if I but, was I mean, to pick it up. But I mean, you always like, if you like something, you sort of ignore the flaws. And I, I have to really like something to completely ignore. So there are things... Like that, like the kind of weird special effects at times, where you can tell it's different teams doing it. Her flying was different than her girl when she was a girl flying. And that's a little was, bit distracting I thought to it me. was pretty magnificent when she was flying as the adult Maleficent. When she Fairly. Was, when she was, she did that like a... I mean, the vibe of it is, is fantastic. But when you're looking at it, and you've seen other movies where you've seen other things flying through the air that look... 100% believable, and that isn't. And my mind is like, why is this Disney not making this look? Like, who approved this 100%? But, you know, that's just nitpicking. And as far as the story, even though I kind of zoned in on it pretty quickly, like the, the thing, the turnaround or whatever, and we won't say, I guess, that because I would like to watch it. I liked watching it not knowing that 100%. But once I started watching I know the movie, it's all, so and then... You got the vibe of, I was like, right, now this is a different type of thing. And um, that I really looked forward to. So that was keeping me going. And then, you know, I guess the my, my main thing is that in the Sleeping Beauty portion of the story, because the girl is born, she's cursed. We all know Sleeping Beauty. She gets cursed. She's going to fall asleep when she's 16 and never wake up unless someone kisses her. True love kiss. kiss. Right. Now... The thing is, the three little fairies, even in the original, give her these wishes. So they're magic, and they've made her lovable and beautiful, and everybody's always going to love her, and she will love everyone. Maleficent curses her and also bestows upon her a life of grace and beauty. Now what that says to me then, as this girl's growing up, and people are, oh, she's, they're fawning over her and they instantly look at her and she's beautiful and Maleficent's looking at her and is enchanted by her. It's, be- it's not because of her. It's because she's been, like, she's been created that way. Like, that's actually, if you think about it, something to do with her. She has no control. She has no free will. She can't ever be the person that she might have been because <laughs> she's got all these spells on her. So I think that, that could have been messed with a little bit more. That I would like to have seen, like, you know, because that means she's not a real person. She's just this, like, wide-eyed, 
everything's beautiful and everybody's wonderful and I'm so curious and I love you. And that's not a real person. Like, and if they've taken Maleficent and turned her into a whole person and we see the fairy people actually being kind of interesting little creatures, the king, even though I don't particularly like the, the way it was portrayed, is actually, you get the whole, you get his whole story as well. But then they take her and make her just this cardboard cutout and that I found kind of because even in like Tangled, she's like a whole person. You know, I mean, you get like a whole rounded view of her, and so that was one of the things I kept hoping for a little bit of a twist or like because she is she wants to be who she is. Then those spells melt away and she can be her own self or whatever. But she never is, and that means that forevermore people will just love her because they're under her spell, not because she's lovable. So that I thought was kind of a miss, you know. Hmm. And that could also mean Maleficent. You know, watches over because of that, not because of anything else. So, but in the, subtract that, and I was like enchanted by the whole of it. I really was, even though I find flaws, and I'm like, you know, yeah, I, I really I like- enjoy the. I want to see what's going to happen with the whole story, even though you know the story. I'm, I'm, I get it really quickly that we're going to have something different, and that's the good thing about it. It's not just let's just tell the story again, right? It's Let's tell the story. It's visually different, interesting looking, and it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but it actually changes in a way. Well, in many ways. So let's move on to the cast here. Angelina Jolie plays Maleficent. Um, she's she's amazing in it. <laughs> I mean, I, I just like I like her accent in it. I like the way she. She feels powerful. I feel the power from her, like you know, when she gets mad or mm-hmm, totally just when she when she's doing that battle at the beginning and she does that like thing. Yeah, and the, you know the king. You can tell everybody's shit, and they all run away. In fact, think about it, kings. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's she's graceful. She's magnificent in it. In at times, she's scary then she's like cute and funny on time you know the whole, there's the whole thing it's not about cute <laughs> well i mean cute and funny as in yeah she you know she's we forgot to mention the well you we gonna mention the raven guy we're a, we're a, oh yeah, yeah we've just nice. started <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, no i'm saying did you get him on the list that's what i'm saying yeah. and yes you did yeah I did. because that's a big part of her yeah. story as well yeah so she's got a sidekick but yeah mm, did you did you, did you like her well she, he's under a spell so um i don't know if he's under a spell He's just he beholden really to her. Him. Yeah, he doesn't have much free will either. He does, totally. He just, she, it's his honor does, to, because she saved him. He does he, what she says. Right, because she saved his life. Right, so that's what I'm saying. He's, that's He's not the, under a spell or anything. He's just, that's his I get code. the feeling he would be if he decided to do his own thing. Mm, I don't know about that. Um, I like her. I don't always like her, but there are times when I'm watching her and thinking she's there's so much more to her, I think, than people give her credit for. And this, where she's in the window looking through and she has moments of... There's a lot of alone time just looking at her, observing the world and observing Sleeping Beauty and her thinking. And there are nuances that I think people don't give her credit for. She's not just sitting there like no. looking like Angelina Jolie. She's actually puts... Like every second she's putting something into it. So I like that. Yeah, and she, the guy is with her, Sam Riley. Well, the raven, that's Davia. from the original. Yeah. She saves the raven 
turns him into a dude. Into a dude, yeah. And he can be anything. Yeah. She can magic him into any creature. So. He was pretty good. He was really good. And he, he got them. He had to be like acting against her all the time. Yeah. I mean, all these scenes pretty much contained her. Uh, and he's, you know, this young dude. You probably, I knew his face, but like, I mean, I'd I mean, seen. I feel like it, but not really. But um, yeah, and I, I liked when he turns into a bird. That was some good special effects because, like, they left like. Yeah, yeah. Parts of and the makeup on him, like all of his chest plate end. stayed yeah. as a bird chest plate, yeah. and when he turned first into the human, that looked really good under that chain net thing. I mean, that looked really awesome. Um, Ellie Fanning plays Aurora. She's um, she's a little doughy eyed for me. Just plays the princess, and she's that's what I'm saying. If you think of all the different characters, is Ellie Fanning the one from What War of the Worlds, or is that another fan? No, that's Dakota. Dakota, yeah, yeah. Right. No, even the Raven guy. You don't know any of his backstory. You don't know his life. You don't know anything about him. But he's more... He he exhibits more... He's he's beholden to her. He disagrees with her. He agrees with her. He want, I mean, I'm talking about Maleficent. He, at one point, then is, like, charged up to defend her. He's He shows different layers, even though he's just a dude who was used to be a raven. The girl is... There's nothing. She's bubbly. And she's smiley. She barely ever changes from that, and I find that kind of boring. Like, really, not her particularly. I mean, she fits what she's supposed to be. Yeah, but not in this story where you're taking every different character. You've made the king a different type of king. You've made the fairies different kinds of fairies. You've made the witch, or the <laughs> witch, the evil queen a different type of person, and yet she is the same. She doesn't have a life of her own, and I find that kind of frustrating. Um, Charlto Copley plays Stefan the King. Um, you know, you know him from District 9. He was the main guy in District 9. Also in Elysium and recently Old Boy, which he was terrible in, and it was a terrible movie. Um, it wasn't a terrible movie. In my opinion. It just, you didn't like it. No. And he, he actually was the worst thing in that movie for me. And now in this movie, um. What did you like him in? You liked him in District 9? Yeah, I think he's amazing in District and 9. And Elysium. Yeah, and yeah. Elysium, I Elysium's thought... like a caricature, and I don't yeah, remember liking him that much, but... I remember when we reviewed Elysium thinking, the best thing about this movie is Shalto Copley, because he's just fucking not, not together, we didn't think that. No, me. Because I liked Elysium. Yeah, because I just remember that bit in the back of the... In the back of the spaceship, where he just goes apeshit. Like, he... He was just this really... He was a bounty hunter type guy, but he was just this insane kind of guy. Right, and I think giving him that kind of role, when you're a caricature of a character, because we don't know anything else about that character either, but it's so big and so bold, you're you're either bowled over by it, like, wow, he's intense and awesome, or you're like, oh, that's And he was of... a big and bold thing in Old Boy, but it really completely lost yeah, it. But it was but too this, silly. Like... I will say, I don't dislike him outside of this, but I really disliked him in this every single moment. I didn't like him. I didn't like the character. I thought the way the king sort of... I get the idea, and I like the switch around, you know, where he's... But he's so nothing. He doesn't... He's not menacing. He's not charming. He's not charming in any way to me enough to be the person who, you know, they're... They're at odds for a reason, you know. <laughs> there's a story. There's a backstory there, and he's not. He's not appealing. He's. I mean, as a character, 
I like the two different versions of him, though. Like, there's, like, the handsome prince dude way. But that's it. He never was the handsome prince guy, ever. See, he was for me. No, he was boring as fuck. He was, like, nothing. No, I just just mean the trans... Visually, the transformation. And then when he... When he's the, you know, armor... Yeah, but handsome prince entails more than just standing there looking like you look, which is what he did and what they had him do. I'm not saying it's him. But there was nothing else to him. He was literally, like... I mean, we got more of him when he was younger. Um, talking to Maleficent. Yeah, but not hardly anything. Just that he was intrigued by her. I mean, that's a boy character, a boy actor yeah. playing him. Also, boring. Not interesting to me at all. But the, what it sparks in her is interesting, obviously. But he, just every single scene, even when he becomes like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm looking for a little bit of grit, and but there's no darkness He's very there. cartoonish, his yeah. character. And it was in Old Boy. It, <laughs> in Old Boy, even though it's super gruesome and gory. And that's the thing, He though. was still he very over the it, top. Like. But he went for it. And it was more grounded. Like, you felt like, oh, this guy is, like, he's menacing. This, even though he's supposed to be, all I can think is you're just, it's like, you know, it reminded me of, and I don't know, his attitude reminded me of Brian Johnson from Comic Book Men. Like, he was just a pissed off, bitter dude. And not menacing. Not interesting at all. And See, I didn't have that. Uh, I I'm on the other side. I, I didn't think he was brilliant or anything, but I thought he fit. And then the... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought, well, I can know what you're thinking. I thought he, <laughs> I thought he fit pretty well into the into that. I disagree. Um, into the boringness? Maybe. <laughs> no, I don't I, think I kind of liked him when he got into the armor and everything. I, I thought that was... But he uh, wasn't commanding. He wasn't... He didn't even... I don't know. I I really wanted, like, and the thing is, if you're telling the story where she is what she becomes, and he's the reason, then he needs to equal her, the passion of it, and the interest, and like you said, when she's walking, and the rocks are all flying, and the air's all moving around her because she's so pissed off, and you're looking straight at her, you're convinced. She's got magic in her, and she's so pissed off, the world's just falling apart around her. You're convinced. Which is like Frozen. When he's pissed off. When she's pissed off in the tower. Yeah, but when he's pissed <laughs> off, and he's, like, kind of Looney Tune a little bit, there's... you're. I'm not convinced of anything. I'm just waiting for him to be done, unfortunately. Then you've got the three fairies, um, Thistlewick, <laughs> Notgrass, and Fittle, who, who are played by Juno Temple, Imelda Staunton, and Leslie Manville. And there, there's CGI versions of them where they're little fairies and then the actual actresses as well because they change size. Um, I've always liked um, Amelda Staunton. She, was, uh, the part in this where she gets the blue on her face is really cool. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, they're just like light comic relief. They're, they are like the ones in the yep. in the original cartoon. A little bit fumbling, well-intended. And you always very... kind of laugh when they're around because there's going to be something funny that happens. And I thought it was really cool watching them, like, Look after the baby and, you know, make sure she's safe. But they're not good at it. No, they're not really good at anything. But um, they did well. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And the miniature... They were fun. Like, the definite comic relief and sweet and the the other side of being a fairy that you want fairies to be. I mean, I think people who are invested in the whole fairy thing, they... There is a thing where people go, ah, oh, fairies are evil, and they're this, and then there are other people like, no, fairies are light and wonderful little creatures. And I think that the, these three were the sort of, like, three stooges of the fairy world, but they weren't 
so obnoxious. I mean, they, they were obnoxious. Fact, they didn't know they were. Yeah, they and to fully... me, they weren't obnoxious at all. And you can get a lot of those little side characters that can be that way. But I thought they were really fun. There was going to be some casting. Ch- this original, it was going to be Shalto Copley was actually going to be Jude Law, but he didn't do it. That would be a good trick. You mean he was going to play Jude Law? Stefan was going to be Jude Law, <laughs> and um, Imelda Staunton was going to be Emma Thomas Thompson. Who's Imelda Staunton? She's the one who got the blue on her okay. face. She yeah. was going to be Emma Thompson, but Emma Thompson I'm dropped out. I'm glad she wasn't Emma Thompson. I could see that too, but I liked nah, this lady No, then it would be better. over the... This lady was exactly right, I thought. So this is directed... I definitely would have preferred Jude Law. Not because I think Jude Law's great, because I don't. But I've seen him in ways where he feels... He can feel weighted and... You know, imagine him being pissed off and going crazy. I was thinking you and McGregor might have been a good choice too. Yeah, because he can be everything. He can be Mr. Charm and... Oh, and an asshole also. Not just that, but like you have to go a little crazy and have a certain like menace about you. Because you're the you're going to play the, the opposite of the other big bad heroine slash hero person. And this guy just didn't have it in him, I'm sorry to say. For me, just didn't have it in him. Maybe other people would think, who cares? It's just that role doesn't matter. But I'm thinking Maleficent maybe... If you match her up with somebody with equal, uh, then it would that would really make maybe that would have to be a PG thirteen because <laughs> um, that'll be a really hard battle. <laughs> this is directed by Robert Stromberg. It's his first directing role, and apparently Disney's most expensive movie for a first director. It used to be Tron Legacy, but now it's this one. Um, he's not new to film though. He did special effects for Avatar. Um, he's a special effects guy. He's been in special effects for years. Um, but I think he did a good job. I mean, this kind of movie, it looked really good. Like I, I think most it, of the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked. I we were watching the extras, and yeah, it was like really. You see the size of those cameras they were using. It just it was very detailed. Yeah, because when you paused once to go to the toilet, yeah, you paused just as a particular thing was happening, like a very zoo, super zoomed in thing was happening, and in there were. On the clothes, threads, you could see the thread, individual shiny threads and the texture of the skin and the, like, cuticle of a fingernail. Like, clearly, not like, kind of, you know. Yeah, it was very... Super clear. Now, that adds to it. That's why I think when some of those special effects shot happens, and a lot of these special effects houses do this, they blur things because, I guess, Motion it's easier. Type thing, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that you know... They do it in video games, too, it. to Right, to they overthink it. the fact that, well, if I was flying, then things would be blurry. I get that. But I'm not flying, I'm watching a movie. So if you blur it and it's too much, it looks wrong. And that's why it stands out so much to me. Like, those backgrounds are not perfect sometimes, but... But I think, um, overall, it's a very good-looking movie. The wide shots of, like, the castle movie. and yeah. the magic part of the world all looks really cool. Um, so it does have some special features, this Blu-ray. It has um, deleted scenes, uh, Aurora becoming a beauty, Ali Fanning reveals her lifelong look of the animated classic. Yeah, would she... It existed in most people's lifetime, all of their lifetime. All of our lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, not all. But... No, I mean it existed... Well, when did it come out? The 30s or the 40s? The movie? Yeah, or for... the actual fairy tale? No, <laughs> the, not the fairy tale. The movie, the movie was 1940s. Um, it also has building an epic battle, because there is an epic battle, which is awesome in this movie, and it shows you how they made that. 1959. Oh, there you go. 
And uh, classic couture, if you wanted to see how um, Angelina Jolie's headpiece and her jewellery was made. And it also has Maleficent revealed, which is interesting. It shows you scenes from the movie and then shows you which bits are CG and which bits are not. And you'll be amazed how much thing, how much things in this movie are not real things. Um, and that's it. You also get a DVD and a digital copy. There is a dragon in the original. Yeah, there is, yeah. But the, the, uh, what I was saying about there's a dragon in this one that is equally as good as Peter Jackson's dragon that he took a whole movie to reveal to you. I'm not sure about that, because the one in Peter Jackson, at least the face and him being able to articulate and talk and stuff was really good. This one you only really see, I mean, he's doing a battle, but... You see it in a similar fashion. I mean, it's, it's a smaller scale, because mm-hmm. it's not running around a whole thing, but it's... You know, you see a decent dragon in this movie. It's really good. Um, so, yeah. I wonder if you could write... I know that Ella is new, right? Frozen, is that a new story? Or was yeah, it a... Frozen was... No, it's No, Frozen was based on a yeah. Hans Christian Andersen thing. I wonder if what you would... Con- if somebody wrote stories now, we don't call them fairy tales. But what if you wrote a fairy tale now? I mean, is Harry Potter a fairy tale? No, we just call it a story. Mm. But if it was written... 800 years ago, and we're reading it now, would we consider that a fairy tale? That's mm. why do we call those fairy tales? Yeah, is it something to do with. Is there a certain. Is there an, uh, like a finite group of these stories that people have labeled as fairy tales and that's it? And you can't. Like, can't if I were to that. come up with my whole new world. Star Wars is a bit of a fairy tale, right? I mean, really? When you think about it? You don't have to include a fairy. It doesn't mean that there's, there has to be a fairy. Right, it's not F-A-E-R-I-E tale. Right. It's fairy, F-A-I. I wonder why they're called fairy tales. I guess because of that. But So, um, conclusion... So everybody out there, your homework is to write a new fairy tale. And no damsels in distress. And, and so, you know, writing something like Tangled doesn't count as a new fairy tale. Because <laughs> no. it's just an old fairy That's, tale with yeah. a spin on it, right? In, in case you don't know, that is Rapunzel. True. But it was really good. I want to watch Tangled again, actually. So, in conclusion, Maleficent, I hi, highly rate it. I would say <laughs> see it. Um, I like Disney stuff, and I think they're doing really good stuff all the time at the moment. What do you reckon? Uh, I don't really keep track like that, but I uh, I like this one. Yeah, there's nothing... I enjoy it. I um, would watch it again if it came on, if I was just flipping through the channels. and. It's just a really good, you know, and if you've got kids, it's a good film to sit and watch with kids. It depends. Kids. Because we know child, we know family who has a child who might not love the darkness and the scariness. Oh, they might like this, uh, but they might not. Yeah, so I you think don't know. This would be maybe preview it. Yeah. So um, next week's Blu-ray review is Tammy, starring Melissa McCarthy. We're going to watch that next week. Look at my nose. You not like Melissa McCarthy? I do not. I thought you but, liked Bridesmaids. Uh, that doesn't equal. She was my least favorite part of it, almost. I thought she was your favorite part. Hmm. She had her moments, but she was not my favorite part. Interesting. Yeah, maybe, I've always said to you, I don't think she's that funny, and I don't she'll know what you over. Just like last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you were like, oh, chef, I don't know about that. Exactly. Like I'm not a huge John Favreau fan as an actor person, and yet I enjoyed the movie. Doesn't mean I was like, oh, I have been converted to love John Favreau, because I have not, but in that instance, so we'll see. So, yeah, we'll look at Tommy If it's about week. a fat woman trying to get through this life being a fat woman, I'm going to lose my mind unless it's actually really well done. <laughs> it's a comedy, so I don't, I don't expect too much out of it. I don't like those sort of over-the-top comedy people so much. 
I love Jim Carrey, but in the moments like, for example, in Kick Ass too, when he is the over the, what about, I like him. What about um, Adam Sandler? He doesn't. No, see, I don't like it when he's what's his face, little Nicky, and I don't didn't like him in Waterboy necessarily, but I like the other ones like Big Daddy, and so yeah, no, no. no. All right, so tell me I next am consistent. Week. Uh, recommendations for movies this week. I am going with Oz the Great and Powerful, which is another Disney movie from last year, which. You could watch them as a double bill, this one, that one, and Maleficent, I think, you know. I disagree. New takes on an old story. Um, Is that I, all it takes for you to link them together? Made by Disney. <laughs> Actually, the, the guy who directed this did the special effects for Oz. There is a link between them. I really enjoyed both. I really liked what they did with that Oz movie. Um, you know, you can't compare it to the original, but it's still a good thing in its own... Why would you? It has nothing to do with it except that it's him. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, it's nothing like the original. There's not enough songs. Or a the... lot of people are idiots. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, Oz the Great and Powerful. I thought it was, you know, Sam Raimi did a good job would of you, it. Would you compare Maleficent to the original Sleeping Beauty? People will, yeah. No, I'm asking you. The story? Even if you hesitate, it makes no sense to compare them. They're completely different movies. Well, the stories. The, it doesn't matter. The it's characters. completely different. They're both made by Disney. It doesn't matter. There's totally plenty of different. comparisons. No, to yeah, I'm saying, but they're different. And my other one is my favorite uh, Disney animation, and that's Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> and hopefully we will get... No, I don't know. I was going to say, will there be a live-action version of no. Lady and the Tramp? No, don't make live-action versions like of things Benji. with animals in them. It'd be like Benji goes to Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> it's just when you make, like, 101 Dalmatians is a prime example, I guess. If it's got animals, and... Either these days they're going to make some CG animals or they're going to have real animals. You know, either way, I don't think it would be great, would it? Nope. So, no, don't make a live-action Lady in the Tramp. And that Lady in the Tramp too. I hate that movie. Oh. Terrible. But the first one, amazing. So that's my favorite. You know why? Does no one know this? That you're super romantic. Well, you have a romantic heart. It's just a really awesome... I like the the whole, like, the dog... um, Pound, is it called? You know, mm-hmm. like, and the, the stray dogs and... All so you like Tony One Dalmatians, the animation? Yeah, I do also. But Lady and the Tramps, I just like Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> it's also, Lady and the Tramp is also that Titanic thing where it's like, one's from one side of the tracks, one's from the other. Can they actually... Titanic? Yeah, like in Titanic, he's the Paul. Oh, dude, in the movie. And right. she's the uh, aristocrat and can they, you know... No, because... Have a love without, uh, against no, the odds. They're or doomed. will they die? They're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> well, they won't both die. All right, so that's my recommendations. Yours are? Mine are... Uh, I was trying to think, and I said, you know, as an adult woman person, I have heard lots of women, Hollywood women actors, even, like, um, directors and writers say there are no good roles for women. And I always thought, yeah, but... Think about this role, and there's Bridget Jones, and there's, you know, all these other movies with, like, women, really, really big characters. But when you start paying really close attention, those women characters are all dependent upon either having someone fall in love with them, or falling in love with someone else, or getting approval from men, or approval in some way from the men's world. You know, working girl is her fitting into the men's world, and over, and then having someone fall in love with her. Even if it's a strong character, you, it's like they still have that hook in them that it has to be. And I was looking and looking and looking, and I, thinking about the story of Kill Bill, I think of it all as one big movie, by the way, not just one and two. 
yes, it centers on her being wronged by a man. And then at some point there's this like, oh, you know, whatever. But I feel like that's a really t- a strong one where she's just herself and sort of, I don't know. I feel like that's a good, strong female lead character. And then uh, the other one is not quite as in line with what I'd like to see, but Death Becomes Her because it's really funny. I always laugh I at it. I saw that in the cinema, I remember. I always laugh at it. I think that it's I got a lot it. of really, really fun moments and kind of plays with the idea of, you know, and ultimately the two women, even though they were fighting over a man, they are dependent on one another, ultimately, in a bad way. Bruce but, Willis, right? Yeah. And he's actually funny in it, and it's, you know, but that's another one. And also just because we just came off my Halloween month, and that one's got a little bit of darkness to it you know i need to watch you know what i don't usually advocate remaking movies necessarily when the first one's fine but imagine remaking death becomes her now because the special effects are really weird looking um they're not really because you i know but they're not they're fine because when you watched it originally it was fine it's still fine but imagine the difference that you what else you could do to their bodies then i mean if you haven't seen death becomes her it's like, they get immortality, and so then no matter what they do to their bodies, they can't die, but they can fall apart and Break be injured and, <laughs> like, have tears in their face and stuff, so they have to maintain their their looks. And, you know, it's got that cheeky 90s kind of thing where all yeah, these people like have... Yeah, like Beetlejuice. Or yeah, it's kind a of... lot of people have faked their death and been given the serum to live forever, Andy Warhol and Elvis Presley, and, you know, so that's kind of a cute little scene, and... So I say death becomes her. Seek it out. All right, so games and A. Scully stuff this week. Um, the new Call of Duty is out tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? What day are we on? Don't ask me. Monday. The new Call of Duty comes out on Monday. Uh, it's the... Call of Duty is weird this year. If you order, pre-order Call of Duty, and you might not even know about this, and this might actually educate you in some way. If you, Well, you don't even have to pre-order it. If you go to the store on Monday, GameStop or wherever, it will be available, even though the release day is Tuesday. Because they've got something called the Day Zero Edition, which allows you to play it a day early. It's the first time this has ever been done in a video game, as far as I can tell. So if you go and try it, if you go and buy it on Monday, as long as there's stocks left, you will be able to pick it up a day early, which is um, interesting. I, I Get the feeling this will happen with many video games because it's like an incentive for you to pre-order. But in this case, all copies of this Day Zero. So I assume somewhat when you go to somewhere like Walmart, they'll just put it out anyway. Um, so that is out on Monday, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. I'm really looking forward to the campaign this year because uh, it stars Kevin Spacey as the bad guy. And um, he's playing a whole role in it. They've, From what I saw online, they've done like a full body scan of... Um, Kevin Spacey and he looks in the game like he does in real life it's like you know we've got to that point where we can have like a digital version of somebody and it not look really hokey so um, be interesting to see him his performance in the Call of Duty campaign I mean they've had actors in there before Gary Oldman's been in there before but never at this level of detail because the PS4 and the Xbox One are you know stepping it up a bit um, also this week in video games I purchased a PlayStation TV and uh, everybody I've said this to about a PlayStation TV, they go, oh, like a TV with a PlayStation built into it. Which is similar. These things on my desk. You, these are called PlayStation TVs, I believe. Or they were at the time. PlayStation 3D TV. I've got um, 
It's a but it's like iTV. So no, it's not a TV with Apple. The P- the PlayStation it. TV is a little box, um, and you put it plug it into your television. I mean, it is a little box. It's about like, the size of a but, cell phone. Yeah, like an iPhone. A little bit smaller, maybe. Yeah, it's just a, a black box with the PlayStation logo on it. You plug it in via a HDMI cable to your television, and what it actually is, it's not a PlayStation. It's a if you know what the PlayStation Vita is, it's the PlayStation handheld that Sony make. It's a, a Vita without the screen, basically. So it plays Vita games that you plug into the side of it from the cartridges on your television. And you can also download Vita games from the store and just play them that way. But what I actually bought it for and what its really cool application to me is, is if you've got a PlayStation 4 in another room of the house, the PlayStation TV will sync up with that PlayStation 4 and allow you to play the PlayStation 4 on the television that you've plugged the PSTV into. So, It's magic, is what you're saying. Yeah, so in the past, if you wanted a PlayStation 3 or a PlayStation 4 in different rooms, you had to buy multiple PlayStation 4s, right? Like, I've had two... I have two 360s because I have one in the living room and one on my desk. And I had to buy two. Well, how this works is you plug this tiny little box in and it links up to your PlayStation 4 and then you play your PlayStation 4 on that television. And I've tried it this week, both ways, wireless and wired. Wireless, if you if you only have wireless in your house, I wouldn't recommend it at all because the experience was fairly bad. The, the, the quality of it broke up and the, there was a lot of delay in the controls. As soon as I wired them together, so now it's just wired to the router... It was like just playing the PlayStation 4 in that room. And you've seen it working. I was playing Drive Club on the big TV. Um, and I said to you, does this look weird? Or could does it look like I'm... I'm probably not the right person to ask. Because it looks fine. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it, it does. Look like, Even to me, it somebody look like looks a video... pixely and weird or anything. No, and so. I look at video games all the time. So if it was off, I would notice. And, and it probably put me off it and I wouldn't use it. But I played Drive Club and... One of the big complaints about the PSTV I've heard people mentioning is it only outputs at 720p. And I heard them on the CADcast slagging it off saying, who's going to buy it because it's only 720p instead of 1080p, which is what the PlayStation 4 is. Um, well, most TVs nowadays, they will take whatever signal you put into them and up-convert them anyway. So what our TV does is it takes it, it says it's 720p and it upscales it to 1080p. So the TV does a bunch of magic on the picture. So it is. It's not even an argument anymore. It it, it looks fine. Like you, you, when people say, "Oh, one game's 1080p, one game's 900p," if you're not going right up to the screen and looking at every identical pixel, you're never going to notice. If you sat back, what playing it, you're not going to notice that. Some people might sit close. If you sit really close, you you probably see some pixelization. If you're really close, but I'm what are we like ten feet away? Maybe eight. And I notice nothing at that distance, and it plays smoothly. The controls don't feel delayed. It just feels exactly. This is a commercial. But make sure if you do if you do buy one, make sure you have a wired connection. I wouldn't recommend it over wireless. I did try it. I tried it. Actually, I tried it without knowing it. I plugged it all in that afternoon. Yeah, and, then and you I, said it's I kept laggy saying to you, and weird. "This is really laggy and weird." And then I went and read a bit on the forums, and they said, "Um, make sure you go into PlayStation." Well, this is a good tip for anybody who buys one: go into your PlayStation Four, not the PSTV. 
go into settings and the, in the settings menu, there's a setting for remote play. Find the remote play setting and untick the box that says uh, directly connect PlayStation 4 to PlayStation TV. Now, it might sound, oh, well, that box should be ticked, right? Directly connect. Well, what that actually means is it connects the Wi-Fi antennas to each other. As soon as you untick that, it uses the wire. It's It kind of makes no sense because in the, in the menu to me, when it says directly connect, that sounds like that's what you should do. But that is what you shouldn't do. As soon as you untick that box, everything works perfectly. So, And it took me a while to figure that out. I couldn't find anybody talking about it. The best thing about the PlayStation TV, and it's only been out like two weeks now, well, two weeks this Tuesday, is I got it from Amazon and they have this thing called warehouse deals. I don't know if they've got it. It's just random every so often. They sell products that have been sent back to them and they repurpose, refurbish them, they say. But basically what they do is they put them in a box and make sure everything's there. So it's the Amazon warehouse deals. And this PlayStation TV costs $99.99. That's the price of it. It's only been out two weeks, and they had an Amazon <laughs> warehouse deal where they had 20 of them in stock. And I was like, oh, how much are they? And they varied in price depending on if the condition of them. And because this thing's only been out two weeks, what could the condition be, really, aside from new? Or broken. Or broken. But they won't sell it if it's broken. So the one I picked was $55. And the reason it was $55 is the outer carton of the box is missing. It just came in a white box, which... Inside the white box, everything was perfectly sealed, even twisty ties around all the cables. Nobody had really used it. You could tell. Maybe for a few minutes and then put it back in the box. But, you know, I saved like $40 for just like not having the outside carton. And who cares about the outside carton? You throw it away anyway, right? So You don't. But um, everything came in the box. If you have ever thought about using the Amazon deals, I would uh, say go for it because there was nothing wrong with it. It looks brand new. The only thing that was damaged was the box was a bit dented. Maybe that's why the person sent it back. I don't know. But it works perfectly. And the other thing I've got to mention this week is Marvel announced a bunch of new movies this week. And they announced nine new movies this week, actually, which is insane. Because have you ever heard of a movie company do that? They don't do that, generally. Well, they're saying we're gonna we're announcing for the next five years, basically. Right. So now you know which Marvel movies are going to be coming in the next five years. You know which ones to expect. And you're going to get, in 2017, you're going to get Black Panther, which I don't think you're familiar with Black Panther at all. It's kind of cool, and I'm glad that that one's there. It's a bit like Black Widow, like where it's a little bit of a side comic, but it plays a part in all the other ones. Um, you're going to get Doctor Strange. Where which... are they side comics? Why do you think of it that way? Because you think of Spider-Man and the yeah, whole... Yeah, but that doesn't make that those that series of comics a side... It's not like it's a side character who just shows up occasionally they have their own whole new world their whole their own whole world don't they of crime fighting yeah, they and do. villains yeah so they're not and there's obviously characters. fans of them so i mean they wouldn't make a black panther movie without so somebody else has decided for you that the quote-unquote main comics are spider-man and batman and all that shit and someone has already decided for you and other people that these people are that these characters are Side characters. Which is not really fair, is it? And then next you've got Doctor Strange, which is one of Marvel's big, big ones. That comes out in 2016. Inhumans comes out in 2018. Now, I'm not really that familiar with Inhumans. Um, I've heard it's a very good series. Um, and we've got quite a long time to wait for that one. Yeah. 
The next one after that is Thor Ragnarok, which is the third Thor movie. That comes out in 2018. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 comes out in 2017, after the huge hit that that was this year. Captain America Civil War, which is Captain America 3, comes out in 2016. And then finally, the third Avengers movie. We haven't even seen the second one yet, because it's not out yet, but the third one has been announced. And guess what? The third one is in two parts. So it's two movies over two years. One in 2018 and one in 2019. And if anybody knows about Infinity War, that is going to be epic. <laughs> so um, that's what Marvel are doing for the next five years. Nothing else, just that, but that is a lot of movies to do. Yeah, but Marvel, that's all they do. Is hard. Why would they do anything? They're not, they don't do a little quiet. I mean, that's everything movie. announced. They're not going to go, oh, oh, hold on a second, there's one more thing. That is it. So Yeah, but did you mention that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 won't be for... Until 2017. I did. I told you all the dates. I know. I'm just saying, though, to point out, it's not like, oh, next summer we're going to have all these movies. This, we're is, talking this years. is up to 2019. Yeah. Now. Everything's been announced up to then. And for me, that is a fantastic slate of movies. I love Captain America. I love. And you are exactly the person there pointing Thor. at that. You know, like, uh, oh, oh, Captain Marvel as well is. Uh, I miss Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel's actually. So one. your question mark is what about why? Because now you. And you are going to represent this whole weird community to me that's going to constantly be tapping into every little bit. And, oh, there's a new comic. And, oh, there's a new game. And, oh, there's a new thing. And here's an interview with the guy. And they're writing the thing. And they're designing the costumes. And they're picking the cast. You are that person who will give them so much attention over the next five years that by the time 2019 rolls around, the marketing is done for them because of you all. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm saying that's your thing is soaking up all this news. So that's why they do it. I really dig Marvel. I I, <laughs> I have, know, I'm I just have slowly been like um I don't know why it's a getting mystery. into Marvel more because of the movies, you know, like looking at some of the comic books and Yeah, so I'm saying that's why they do it. It's not a mystery. Um and, you know, this next five years is gonna be like They will sell you a lot of stuff. You haven't just got Marvel this next five years, you've also got D C in the background there doing their thing too and they've got a massive slate of movies coming so superhero movies are going to be huge for the next five years because you've got Batman versus Superman and then they're going to do a Justice League movie and then there's a bunch of spin-off movies from the Batman and Superman thing coming from DC so I don't think I have your brain if you like superheroes here's my mind Mm, I'll see it when it comes out I don't have any of that free stuff you know out of all these Marvel movies and I love Marvel movies the Batman vs. Superman movie that's coming, which is the follow-up to Man of Steel, which I fucking love Man of Steel. I know people didn't like it that much. I don't think you're getting my point. I love... No, I'm not talking about what yours. I know. I, I, love, I, know. <laughs> I love Man of Steel, but out of all these Marvel movies, I am looking forward to DC's Superman. That's what that's my point, is that you will look forward to that. And no, I'm just saying what I'm about. I know. And you're that, you're that group of people. You will now cling on to every bit of information you get about it until the time it comes out. Whereas no, I, I stay clear. I don't even watch the trailers of those movies. I don't. I don't watch those Marvel trailers unless like they happen to come along. I, then when, why do you even want to know? Why not wait till it just comes out? No, I'm. I. I um, am interested I know, in knowing what no. they're making. I'm, I'm really glad that they're making another Captain America. Of course they're going to. They make million, tens of hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, but Chris Evans wants out, right? Because he. Um, he wants to go. He wants to become a director. He doesn't want to be acting anymore. So he's only gonna do one more. He'll be fine. 
Yeah, well, he's got the Avengers too. You, you kind of tie it in there with Marvel because you appear in this and that, and you know you you're a star in this one and a guest I star in that one. I cannot summon up any sympathy. That's one of my favorite things about Marvel. What they've done really though is they've got this cast of superheroes that we all know, like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, and they can be in and out of each other's movies, and it just makes it feel like one big cohesive thing. Whereas the comics never did feel cohesive to me; they kind of felt separate. This all feels like one big thing, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for the Batman and Superman because Man of Steel was... I don't know why people didn't like Man of Steel. It was awesome. Did you like it? It was fine. I thought it was, like, better than fine. It was just, <laughs> I liked it, yeah. It just has this, like... It makes the airs on the back of my neck. Yeah, yeah. I like it way... Uh, I won't say way more because I didn't mind the other one. It was just a little bit... This one just had this really like, heroic feeling about it. Like, mm-hmm. it like it might have been, like, overdone in that way, but with the music and the, you know, and Kevin Costner as the dad and all that, it was just... I just really liked The bad guy was really good? Yeah, absolutely. It was, And, and you know, Russell Crowe, uh, it was just well done, I Substantial. Thought. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, stuff for this week. Lots of it. So I'll talk about Call of Duty next week when I've played it some more. Or played it at all. So um, what's for dinner, Sid Well, I think... Morningstar Burgers, some couscous, which we've been sort of getting into because it's so easy mm. to make. It takes like five minutes. Well, it takes about ten minutes because you boil the water, put in the couscous, whatever flavoring, put the lid on, turn the heat off. Five minutes later, it is done. And it's really good. And um, so mixed vegetables. <laughs> it's like very boring. But my mother's in town, so you just never know. You never know. You might go out for dinner with her. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. You never know. I don't make plans. I don't st- plan ahead with my mother because she could just show up and be like, look, I brought Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, oh, that's right. You don't eat chicken. And then she'll <laughs> just eat the whole, then she'll yeah, eat the whole box. Here's a biscuit and some gravy. Mm-hmm. And then you can't um, have the gravy. It's got chicken in it. Exactly. So you just never know. Or she might say, whoa, well, we're going to Pizza Hut or whatever. Um, and my advice is don't be a sucker. Like, I think that's built into my personality from the time I was little, that I always had this thing, like, you can call it a guard up, about people pulling something over on me, like pulling a trick on me when I wasn't aware of it, or telling me a joke that they knew I wouldn't understand and try to get me to laugh, or, and it's just built in. It doesn't come from anything, I don't think, except maybe the culture of having older siblings, and maybe as little when you're little, they just sort of pick, 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 and then you sort of build up this like brick wall, and you're always ready for somebody to be full of shit, you know? Because like we were just talking yesterday, and my mom laughed and said something about when she left the car. She left me in the car one time. I was she the car had we had a really long lane from our house, like a quarter of a mile, and the car was parked down the lane because it had been really muddy or snowy or something. So she carried me. I was about three years old. Carried me to the car, because it was too muddy. My mother liked to keep us very tidy and clean. Put me in the car. The tire was flat. And she was so pissed off. And she's like, I'm not... I. She said, I look straight in your little face. And I said, you stay right here and watch me out the back window. Because she knew when she's walking away from me, because I was little, I would cry and stuff, you know. She's like, you can see me. I'm just go to the garage. And it was quite a ways, you know. So then I said, yeah, I remember a story where I was looking out the window seeing you drive off that lane to go to the grocery store. And one of my older sisters said, don't cry. And I was crying. And she said, well, mom's never coming back anyway. I remember her saying that. And it was an old house. So all the windows had to be held up with sticks. 
And somehow I, my little hand, I pulled on the stick and my other little hand was sitting there and the whole big window came crashing down on my hand oh. and cut it and have a little scar in there and stuff, you know. And that kind of stuff, you know, like you get a little older and you start figuring out they're full of shit. Why are you trying to make me a sucker? Why are you trying to pull the wool over my eyes or whatever, however you want to put it? And I think I see people in life, they'll repost things on Facebook like, oh, look at this poor child who has cancer and his parents were rejected because of Obamacare and now he's going to die because of Obama. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you an idiot or are you just a sucker? Because what you believe in falls in line with whatever this asshole has posted to get you to like it and promote it and promote their agenda. You're a sucker because it's not real. If it's real... You can trace it, you can research it, find out for real from other sources, figure it out. Don't be a sucker. It makes you look like an idiot to someone, to, well, to me. I'm sure there's other people like me. It's like naive or, you know, you're falling for things and you see loads of them. Like where somebody's like, oh, look at this poor woman. And a lot of it has to do with politics, you know, ultimately with politics or religion. And I always think you're just... It's not real. That isn't a real story. Someone put it together. They took a picture of a sick-looking kid. They made up the whole story, but they want to promote their agenda. And you fall for it without questioning it. I think that's being a sucker. And I just say, just think about things that are presented to you. I do take for face value, I guess, a lot of things. Like, I don't, I can't deny that I do believe that, like, dinosaurs existed. And when I think about it, I don't have any reason to believe that, except I've been told and shown, here's some bones that we found, and I've looked, I've researched a lot, I've read a lot of archaeology stuff, and just looked at lots of videos, and watched, you know, and so I believe that. But I could also be a sucker, right? It could all be fabricated. It could all be a lie. But for some things, I kind of go, well, I, I feel like I've wrapped up enough information on this subject, and I will... I guess I still have that skeptical hole in there, though. Like On okay. this subject, watch The Matrix. That will answer <laughs> Why? You know, about, like, being... Swallow it. Swallow what you're given. Oh, oh yeah. And, or being in the um, the real world and just do your thing and believe everything that's presented to you. But the people in The Matrix don't have any reason not to believe it. They're not all presented with the thing. They're born into that to be a battery. So then their mind is given this story. They have no alternative. Whereas in our lives, we can look up what's behind a story. Or but then when you look it up, who's to know that that is... That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So at what point do I stop... Do you... Like, I can accept some things, you know? There's lots of misinformation out there. There is. But I don't believe in any gods. So there you go. There's one thing that you... I don't know. There's not... But you don't know there's that There's not either. enough... I do know that. That's I do know. That I know. No, I mean, you know that... No, I mean, you don't know if there isn't a God or not. You don't actually don't know. I do. No, you don't. I do. Nobody knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows why we're here or any of those questions. They don't know. But there is no why. Maybe that's part of my brain, too. There is no why. Why do you need a reason? You don't. But I'm saying we don't and we don't know. Is that what people's thing is? They need answers to things. They need things. I don't know. But uh, don't be a sucker. All right, so remember. I mean, I fell for all your bullshit, but you know that's a whole different story. <laughs> nice. I'll remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidsar.com. You can catch us there. Catch us on social networks: Twitter, Facebook. 
can also catch this podcast, iTunes, Music Store, Zoom Marketplace, Stitcher.com. We're on there. Just search for after the show. And the RSS feed, ascoli.com. Click on the word podcast. Email feedback to me at ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want you to email her. And finally, <laughs> stay classy, Miss Angelina Jolie, who's directing a movie next. And I'm um, looking forward to that. And I'm going to say, you didn't ask me once how my foot is doing, but it's doing much better. And think for yourselves, everyone, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 